0: Throughout history, there have been many ways that God's Word, the message of salvation, has been spread across this land and around the world. One of the most effective vehicles for the teaching of God's Word and for the salvation of souls during the 60s and early 70s were the great tent revivals conducted by my father, Dr. Oliver B. Green. One of those great revivals occurred in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, and specifically on July the 13th, 1965, the sermon entitled The Sin That Is Most Insulting to God was preached to a tremendous audience, standing, sitting, listening carefully as God's word was proclaimed with power through the Spirit. And many came to know Jesus Christ on that evening. Many lives were rededicated to Christ. Perhaps you were there. But you can be there even now as we listen to the message recorded live, the sin that is most insulting to God.
1: Turn please to Mark chapter 16. I'm speaking tonight on the sin... That men are committing today that is open insult to God Almighty. It's the most insulting sin that mortal man is committing today against a holy God. And you'll see exactly why I say that after I read the text and as we study the word of God. In Mark 16, the last chapter in the Gospel of Mark, and in verse 14 we read, "Afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat they were eating, they were around the table eating, and Jesus appeared and upbraided them with their what? Say it for me. Unbelievable. Now don't you ever get it in your head that Jesus Christ was a sissy. He was not a sissy. And don't you ever get it in your head that he was a sissy preacher. He wasn't. Jesus Christ uttered some of the most scorching words that have ever fallen from the lips of man. He was man, and yet he was God. He upbraided them. All right, read on, because of their unbelief. And hardness of heart, because they believed not them that had seen him after he was risen. Now, of course, we had time to read the entire chapter. We'd read the testimony of those who saw the Lord, and they told the disciples, and the disciples refused to believe it. And so Jesus upbraided them because of their unbelief. And he said unto them, Go oh, into you know all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Says, <laughs> saved. And he that believeth not shall be what? <laughs> Damned. Now let's finish this little section here. Then we'll go back to that verse. And these uh, signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in the heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Now then, I say that this verse that I read just a moment ago, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. I say, this is one of the most awful declarations found in the word of God, one of the most awful declarations that ever fell from the tender lips of the Lamb of God who came in the world and lay his life down that men might have life. Now let me show you one more time. Let me read it one more time. Let me point out just a couple of things and then we'll move on. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, of course, believing precedes baptism. I believe in baptism. I believe that a born-again person should be baptized. I believe that they should be baptized because they are a believer. And don't you ever join any man's church, and don't you ever let any preacher baptize you until you're born again. I'd rather deal with a drunk in the gutter than a sinner who has been baptized into some church but not born again. I believe in baptism. I preach baptism. But baptism doesn't save us. And baptism doesn't help save us. Baptism is a testimony after we are believers, after we are saved, we are to be baptized. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that washes our sins away. But now watch this. Watch it now. It's true that he said, he that believeth and is baptized. And I wouldn't leave baptism off. I'm a grace preacher, and I believe we are saved by God's grace. I believe that. And I believe a person who has been saved by God's grace will be baptized. You don't have to run down a believer. You don't have to chase them and find them and hold them and catch them and coax them and beg them to let you baptize them. If they're born again, they want to be baptized. Now then, notice the last part of the statement. But, he that believeth not. Now it doesn't say he that believeth not and is not baptized. It doesn't say he that believeth not and does not join the church. Here's the reason I say this is the most awful declaration the Son of God ever made. Because this declaration declares all that a sinner need do or all that a sinner need not do to be damned. Now, men have warped and twisted minds about this business of being saved and being lost. Now, don't misunderstand me. Hear me, and hear me well. And underscore what I say. Religion, denominations, preachers, and evangelists have done a good job at confusing humanity. This is a confused age. I'm on a station out in Los Angeles, California, 50,000-watt station, and of course, Bishop Johnson's dead, but they're still playing his tapes. And I'm on that station between Bishop Johnson and Herbert W. Armstrong. And when our tapes come back that we use on that station, we have a special prayer meeting over them, get them sanctified so they're fit to use again, amen. Now don't ask me what's wrong with those two fellas, I can tell you in a lot less words what's right with them. You say, Preacher, I think Herbert W. Armstrong is a great man of God. You must have thought it, the Holy Spirit sure didn't tell you that. You say, I don't appreciate you criticizing anybody. I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just telling you what is a fact and a known fact. Any man that denies hell, and any man that preaches water, salvation, and any man that denies the visible return of the Lord Jesus bodily, he's not God's preacher. I don't care what his name is. So I don't like you, Green. The devil don't either. Now, why did I bring that up? Bishop Johnson comes on the radio and he says, Believe and be baptized in water in the name of Jesus, or you'll go to hell. Herbert W. Armstrong comes on radio. Don't tell me I'm criticizing. I know I've listened to him. And I listened to him. That's the only way I can know. Uh, I buy books. I wouldn't advise you to buy them. I've read his books. Have you ever read his sermon on Luke 16? Read his sermon on Luke 16. If you've got an ounce of salvation, bless God, your eyes will be opened. Amen. I believe in a literal burning hell. Do you believe that? Say, do you believe that? Herbert W. Armstrong don't believe in an everlasting hell. He don't believe in a burning hell. But in spite of what he believes, in spite of what anybody believes, there is a literal burning hell. And if you don't believe it this side of the grave, you'll believe it on the other side of the grave. Now he come, her, uh, Bishop Johnson comes on the radio and he says, Believe and be immersed in water in the name of Jesus only, not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's wrong, he says. Jesus only. You say, preacher, you believe in three gods. No, I believe in one God manifest in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what I believe. That's what the Bible teaches. So he comes on the radio and he says, believe, be immersed in water in the name of Jesus, not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Then I come on the radio and I say that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Then Herbert W. Armstrong comes on the radio and he says, If you believe and keep the law, you shall be saved. And folks scratch their head and say who's right. And Paul said in Romans 3 4, Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen, huh? So when a man preaches line upon line, verse upon verse, fact upon fact stand with him but if he warps and twists the word of God to prove some point mister you better let him alone alright now it didn't say he that believeth not and is not baptized the only thing the only sin I don't like the word thing I don't like the word do or don't do you don't do your way to hell And you don't do your way to heaven. We go to heaven by faith in the finished work of the Lamb of God. And every soul that's dead and in hell is in hell because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation that God planned before he ever made a man. So all you need to do, listen, you don't need to drink one drop of liquor. You don't need to curse one oath. You don't need to steal a man's wife. You don't need to commit adultery. You don't need to gamble. You don't need to lie. You don't need to cheat. You don't need to steal. All that one does to be damned is to refuse to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Say Now, I say unbelief. Is the most contemptible, ugly, insulting sin that mortal man can commit against God. Now let me let me let me give you an illustration. Now, I said this is the 187x Bible. I said it used to sell for 26.50. I said now it sells for 27.50. And you say I know it doesn't. Then you called me a lie. Is that right? Say, answer me. Huh? If I tell you that this book here is a, almost 600 pages and it sells for $6 and I let you have this book for $3 and then I come up, you come up here and say, I want the book and I make you pay $5 for the book, then I lied. Is that right? Say, answer me. Say, now either this Bible is the truth. What God said in his word is the truth or it's a lie. There's no such thing as a half-truth in God's dictionary. Well, you say, I believe all churches are good and all religions are good and all preachers are good. And I think we should take the good and leave the bad. Then instead of going up into the ranch or whatever it is up here where they have this food where you go in and help yourself and they have a nice, clean Place and nice clean dishes and nice clean tables. If that's true, instead of going inside, why don't you wait till everybody finishes and go outside and get yours out of the garbage can? I'll guarantee you there's good ham, good chicken, good beef, and good steak in the garbage can. Amen? Say, answer me. Come on, talk to me. Listen, brother, don't be foolish. Don't be silly. Don't advertise your ignorance. There may be a lot of good religions, but there's only one salvation. Just one. That's all. Now, why do I say unbelief is the sin that insults God openly? Number one, unbelief pours contempt and insult. Upon the wisdom of God. Let me back up and say something here. I don't like the looks of some people that some people have on their faces right now. I always jot down scriptures. But I make a very scanty outline. And I don't have Bishop Johnson's name down here tonight. And I don't have Herbert W. Armstrong's name down here tonight. But when God Almighty tells me to call a name from the pulpit, I call it! If I was a pastor and I knew there's a false prophet on the radio, I would announce it from my pulpit. If a mad dog comes to my community, I'm going to get on the telephone and call up my neighbors and say, there's a mad dog in the community. And if you don't, you ought to be put in jail for criminal negligence. Amen. And a preacher that knows there's a snake in the community and a snake on the radio and a man that'll poison the minds of people and damn the souls of people. If he doesn't tell his people and warn the people, then my brother, he's practicing practicing spiritual criminal negligence. That's what he's doing, amen. Now, I said unbelief pours contempt upon the wisdom of God Almighty. Why do I say that? Turn to 1 Peter and I'll tell you why. 1 Peter, chapter 1. In 1 Peter, chapter 1, we begin reading. I'm waiting. I started, I was almost reading before I realized that you were turning the pages and this is so important, I want you to see it. How many books do we have here tonight? Put them up high. My, what a sight, hallelujah, what a sight. That always blesses me. What would you think about your little children if they go to the school bus morning after morning with no books? I wonder what God thinks about his children when they go to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday night after Wednesday night, and night after night after night, no Bible, no Bible. Well, you say, preacher, I know the gospel when I hear it. You may think you do. But you'd better watch the man pull the pulpit today. I don't care what his name is. Oliver Green or whatever. It doesn't make any difference what his name is. You watch him. Amen. You hear me? And if he's not reading it correctly, you have a perfect right to call his hand. Get your Bible. Get one you can read. Now, in 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much... No, I don't want to begin there. Watch it. Let's begin with verse 16. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father... Who without respect or person judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourn here in fear. Now watch this, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now watch this without blemish and without spot. Just a minute. Mosquito lid on my hand there and I had to take care of him. I don't have any blood to spare. Amen. Now verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Now verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now watch this. Who do by him, or rather who by him do. Believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing he have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not corruptible to see, but incorruptible. By the word of God which liveth and abideth forever, for all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now then, let me go back and point out two or three things here as time permits. And show you what I meant when I said unbelief pours contempt and insult upon the wisdom of Almighty God. Now when you look this way everybody, just lift your eyes from your Bible. And let me show you something that we need to see. We need to recognize and we need to accept. Before God laid the foundation of this earth upon which this earth rests, or the axis rests and upon the axis which this earth turns, before God laid the foundation of this earth, before God created the axis upon which this earth rotates, before God created one particle of dust out of which this ground is made, before God created anything, Before God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, it was God Almighty who planned and programmed and perfected and finished salvation. And if God Almighty said, believe and be baptized and be saved, it's an insult to God's wisdom not to believe it. You agree with me? Say, huh? Now, the Baptists didn't plan salvation. And I'm glad they didn't. When you say, Preacher, I thought you was a Baptist, I am. But I don't brag about it. Too many of them in the penitentiary. I brag about Jesus. There's some Methods in the pen, too. Did you know that, huh? And a few Presbyterians. So I just brag on Jesus. Amen. But I'm a Baptist. But I'm an old-fashioned Baptist, not a streamlined modern Baptist. I believe what the old-timers believed. And I don't brag about it. I love Jesus, and I believe the Bible. And I love everybody that loves Jesus, whether they're Baptist or not. But the Baptist didn't plan it. And the Baptist didn't perfect it. And the Baptist didn't provide it. And the Baptists didn't finish it, but God Almighty did. And if God planned and programmed and perfected and finished and presented salvation by believing on Jesus, then that's enough. And for you to tell God what must be added or what must be taken away is an insult to the wisdom of God. Do you agree with me, say? Brother, high in the name of common sense, people can read this book and get so many different ideas and doctrines and preach so many crazy things. is beyond me. I can understand it. We have a church in Greenville that was built on a set of rules. Now, if you wanted to join, you come down and give the preacher a hand, and he sets you down, takes your name. Then he tells you that you must meet with a membership committee. In other words, if the Holy Spirit led you to join, you and the Holy Spirit will have to see the committee find out if it's all right. Now, you say, preacher, you're sarcastic. No, I'm not sarcastic. When I am, you'll know it. And they have on their rules... Thou shalt not go to the movies. Thou shalt not watch T V. Thou shalt not smoke. what is he say, Preacher, do you smoke? No, I don't smoke. Did you ever smoke, preacher, two packs a day when God saved me? Why'd you quit? Because God saved. Thank you, I heard both of them. One's a little weak, but I got it. Amen. I, I got it. I didn't say everybody was going to hell and smoke. Did I say that? Say, did it? I didn't think I did. But i said i don't smoke and i don't dance but this church says you can't go to the movies you can't go to a ball game you can't watch tv you can't smoke and a lot of other things let me tell you something save your paper and give it to the waste paper drive and raise a little money for the cancer fund sell it do something save your paper don't make any rules and don't make any regulations if a man or a woman is genuinely born again They'll live right and walk straight. And if they're not born again, they can't live right and they can't stay straight. You can't fence them in. You don't need to fence in sheep and you can't fence in a goat. Now you talk to some of these farmers. You can build a fence 20 feet high and put a billy goat in it. And he'll dig under it, jump over it, or chew through it. Amen. One or the other. And the same thing's true with church members that are not born again. I don't believe in taking in everything that comes along the church. I believe you should keep the church clean as far as it's possible to keep it clean. And if a man in the church is not living right, I say, God bless you, go to see him. Do everything in the world you can to get him right. If he doesn't get right, withdraw fellowship from him. He'll have more respect for you if you do than he will if you don't. But there's no need of making rules. We're not living by rules. The law of God is written upon the heart of the believer. And the Holy Spirit indwells the believer to lead him in the paths of righteousness. Right? say it. So, now listen carefully listen carefully you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold but with the blood of Christ precious blood as a lamb without blemish without spot who verily was foredained the full pound world now look up here at me just a minute and we'll move back yonder before this earth was god the father god the son and god the holy ghost had anything you want to call it a conference a meeting a get together god the father god the son and god the holy ghost planned programmed blueprinted perfected and finished salvation before god ever made a man that needed salvation and if god almighty did that and god tells us how to be saved for you to criticize, add to, or take from God's redemption is an insult to the wisdom of God. Do you agree with me say It means I don't believe what God said. Number two, I say that unbelief pours contempt and insult upon the love of God. What do you mean, preacher? Here's what I mean. We stand up and well, first of all, we sing. We say we say, I want everybody to stand. We're going to sing every day with Jesus as three and the day before. How many of you folks ever heard that little chorus? You ever hear that? The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. You ever heard that? Raise your hand. Then we testify. We have what we call testimony. People stand up and they say, I thank Jesus for saving me. I thank Jesus for keeping me. I love Jesus. And we hear the name of Jesus a hundred times. But most of us very seldom ever say, I thank God that in the beginning God loved me. And before Jesus became man's Savior, he was God's Christ in God's bosom. And God literally pulled him away from his bosom and set him forth to be a propitiation for our sins through his shed blood. It was God Almighty who loved us. It was God Almighty who sent the Son of his love, the only Son he had to die for us. Amen, Say. God loved me that much. It's an insult to God's love if I hear about it and reject His love. You don't have to get drunk to go to hell. You'll go to hell for rejecting the love of God. You don't have to commit adultery to go to hell. You'll go to hell for rejecting the love of God. For God so loved. In the beginning, God. No man has seen God in time. The only begotten of the Father in the bosom hath declared Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jesus was God in flesh. And Jesus came to lay His life down that we might be saved. Right? Amen, say. And to hear that and reject it is to insult God's love. Now I'll have to move because time's running out. Unbelief pours contempt and insult upon the truth of God. Now I want to show you something. I said, first of all, unbelief pours contempt and insult upon the wisdom of God because it was the wisdom of God that thought, planned, and wrought salvation, God's wisdom, God's ability to think and think right. So unbelief pours contempt upon the wisdom of God. Unbelief pours contempt upon the love of God. Unbelief pours contempt upon the truth of God. Now, I said in the outset of the message, either the Bible is the truth or a the lie. There's no such thing as a half-truth. God is light. God is not twilight. You agree with me say? God is light. God is truth. And there's no such thing as partial truth or half truth or nine-tenths truth. So what this book says about Jesus, about his love, about his blood, and about salvation is either the truth or it's a lie. Now let me show you why I said that. Jesus said... Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John 8.32 Jesus said if the Son shall make you free you shall be free indeed. John 8.36 Jesus said Thomas I am the way, the truth and the life no man no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now that's either the truth or a lie. Amen? Say huh? Now, with that in mind, I want you to turn to 1 John 5, right quick. And we'll read here, and then we'll bring this message to a close. In just about five minutes, I'll be through. Now, 1 John 5. Now, this is either the truth or a lie. It's either fact or fiction. And there's no need to deny it. And to do so is to insult God. Now here it is, verbally inspired, dictated by the Holy Ghost to John the Beloved. 1 John 5, 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Is that in your Bible? Say, huh? Well now you say, preacher, everybody believes there's a God. It doesn't say here, that whosoever believeth that there is a God. Doesn't say that. It doesn't say whosoever believeth that God exists or that God's good. Doesn't say that. It says whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you believe that Jesus was God's virgin born son. And he was God's Christ, that's deity. And the name Jesus is his earthly name. And he was not Jesus until he was born of the Virgin. Until he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was God's Christ. And when he was born, God said, Joseph, name him Jesus. Why? He'll save his people, right? Amen? So when you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you believe the first fundamental truth of Christianity now watch it who sure believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments and that someone may be asking what does that mean preacher it didn't say the law of Moses, God's commandments have not changed, and the commandments of the New Testament have not changed. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Amen? Answer me. Romans ten four. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. Jesus came not to destroy the law or the prophets, but to fulfill, Matthew five seventeen. So, whosoever is born of God, whosoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. Now then, to save just a little bit of time. Look at verse 9. Verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of the Son. Now I want to stop right there. Now watch it. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Do we receive the witness of men? Do we receive the witness of men? You go to a doctor. The doctor says you have a spot on your lung. I would advise an operation. It's the beginning of lung cancer. That's one reason I don't smoke. I may die with cancer, but I won't die with lung cancer. Not from smoking. But if the doctor should examine you and say there's a spot on your lung, and I firmly believe it's lung cancer, but if you let us remove that lung, we can correct it and stop it, and you may live another 40 years. Would you be operated on? You'd sell your farm, you'd sell your house, you'd sell your automobile, you'd mortgage everything you have to get that lung out. Amen. Every last one of there's not a rational, intelligent man in this tent. There's not a rational, intelligent woman that wouldn't spend the last dime that you have on the face of the earth to correct cancer in your body. Is that right or not? Say, answer. Sure, it's right. But Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul said, "The wages of sin is death. All in sin come short of the glory of God. There is none good." No, not one. We've all gone astray. And people read that and scratch their head and say that applies to the drunk and the harlot and so on and so forth, but that doesn't apply to me. We've all gone astray. We all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. No man coming to the Father but by Jesus Christ. Is that right? Say We believe the witness of men. We read. Uh, we read the headlines on the paper. We believe it. We don't call up the newspaper and say, is that true? President Johnson said that he has a poverty program that is going to erase poverty from the face of the earth eventually. He's promised everything the millennium ever promised. Amen. He said, preacher, I still believe you're a Republican. I beg your pardon, I'm a Baptist. Amen, I told you that. But he's promised everything. They had a picture of a precious farmer, God bless his heart, a South Carolina farmer. Had his picture on the front page of the Greenville Piedmont, was standing by a brand new tractor. And said, this is the first poverty program money to come to South Carolina. And the fellow's standing there grinning like a billy goat eating brawls. And you read on down under those big headlines in the little fine print. And it said that Mr. Johnson's poverty program let this precious dear farmer borrow $3,500 to buy the tractor. And they'll tax the daylights out of the farmer to pay for the thing. And he'll never live to pay for it. His great great grand will pay for it. Amen. He won't. And you'll help pay for it. Say, amen. Sit down and blink at me like you're mad. Open your eyes and see where we're going. Amen. Now, you believe everything in the world comes out of Washington. You say, preacher, I don't. There are a few exceptions. Now, let's see what we have here. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. Now, here it is. Here's the witness. Here's the testimony of God Almighty. Here it is. Look at it very closely. I'm going to read it very slowly. Now, I'm closing. I'm closing the message. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Is that true? Is that true? Now I not you talk to me. If that's not so, it's a lie. And if that's a lie, I will tell these folks it's a lie. And I want to shut this Bible and shut my mouth and take this tent down and go home. If that's not so, that's a lie. And if that is so, that's not a lie. Well, did you see what you just read? Did you see what you just read? Did you hear what you just read? Do you believe what you just read? He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Can you shut your eyes at midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock tomorrow morning in your bedroom in the dark? Can you shut your eyes and can you look to God and say, Dear God, am I your son? Am I a true believer? Do you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart? If you don't, you're not saved. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. That's what I'm talking about tonight. You say, I've been baptized, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't cuss, I don't get drunk, and I don't believe what you said. If you don't have the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart, you're not saved. Sure it's right. It's got to be right. It's God's Word. Now listen carefully. Except a man be born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3, 7, 5. John 3, 5. Listen. No man can come to me except my Father would send me drawing. John 6, 43. It's expedient that I go away. If I go away, the, the cover will not come. And if I depart, I will send him. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Righteousness. Judgment of sin because they believe not on me. John sixteen, 7, 8, and 9. Are you listening? If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. His Spirit testifies with our Spirit that we are the children of God. Believe not, the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Romans eight nine eight fourteen eight sixteen. 14, 16. Ephesians uh, 4.32 And this is the witness. He that believes on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Hath the witness in himself. Christianity is not on the outside. Christianity and salvation is on the inside. Christianity and salvation is on the inside. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Now, let's finish this verse, and we'll have an invitation. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made God a liar. That's pretty serious. That's pretty contemptible. I call that quite insulting to look God in the face and say God, you a liar, and that's what you do. When you hear this story of God's love, God's sacrifice, the shed blood, the broken body, when you hear the gospel of the death, the burial, the resurrection, the appearance, the ascension of the Lamb of God according to the Scriptures, when you share it and reject it, you have called God a lie. That's what the book says. I didn't write it, I just read it. He that believeth not hath made him, God, a liar. Why? Why? Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Because he believeth not the record. This book has no loopholes nor no untied ends. It's a finished book. Listen. And this is the record. When you hear this and refuse this, you believe not the record. Here's the record. Watch it. First John five eleven. And this is the record that God hath given to us. God hath given to us. God didn't sell it to us. God didn't let us earn it. God gave it to us. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Not in your good works not in your righteousness, but in his Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, I'm true. I said... Unbelief is the most insulting sin that mortal man can commit against the Holy God. He that, he that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth not shall be damned. He that believeth not shall be damned. Is that the Bible? Say, is that the book? You don't have to get drunk, cuss, lie, cheat, gamble, steal, kill. He that believeth not Three reasons. Unbelief insults the wisdom of God. Unbelief insults the love of God. Unbelief insults the record of God. We receive the witness of men. The witness of God is greater, and this is the witness that God gave of His Son. He that believeth on the Son hath the witness in Himself. He that believeth not hath made Him a liar because He believeth not the record, and this is the record. God hath given to us eternal life. the first person that'll come up here I'll give them my book on revelation. you may have it if you'll come get it anybody that wants it may have it. No honey this little girl started first I'm sorry it's yours started no laughing, no smiling, no sniggering it's yours. you're welcome. you see these other folks didn't believe me. I said, I'll give you a six dollar book and that little girl's the only one that believed it she came and got it. you could have had it. You could have had it. Anybody could have had it. You thought I was joking, didn't you? But she has a book. You don't have it. You could have had it. Amen? Say. Huh? I'm going to give a dollar away, but I'm broke. I don't have one. Well, oh, I have one, but I don't have one in my pocket. She has a book. Why? Because she believed what I said. Didn't she, brother? You I believe everything in the Bible. You'll prove it when you start doing some things. Amen. Amen. Saying is not doing. Now let me wrap this up. And this is the record. And if you don't believe this record, you've made God a liar. 1 John 5.10 This is the record God hath given to us eternal life. God hath given to us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. Amen. Now to hear that and to refuse to believe that is to insult the truth that will set you free. And I say, preacher, is that all there is to it? Redemption, redemption is the beginning of a glorious Christian walk until Jesus calls us home. Amen. The reason some of you people can't live right, you've never been made right. The reason you can't walk right, you've never been redeemed. Redemption precedes everything else. Certainly as newborn babes, we desire the sins of the word that we may grow. Certainly we are commanded to present our bodies to live in sacrifice, our members as instruments of righteousness. And whether we eat, drink, whatsoever we do, do all the glory of God. But we are redeemed, we're saved by believing on Jesus. Amen, say, huh? And unbelief to hear that gospel story and reject it is an insult to Almighty God. Let us pray. Every head bowed. Every head bowed, please, and every eye closed. I want all heads bowed, please. All eyes closed, while heads are bowed, and while eyes are closed, I want every person in this tent to ask yourself not your wife, not your children, not your neighbor, not the person by your side, yourself the solemn, solemn, eternal question. That only you can answer, do I have the witness? Do I have the witness? Have I received the record? Have I believed the record? Do I have the witness in my heart that I'm a child of God? Do you? The Holy Spirit through the pen of John said, He that believeth on the Son hath the witness. Paul said the Spirit himself beareth witness or record, witness, testimony with our spirit that we are the children of God. Do you have the witness?